Hey, and welcome to another episode of Write With Influence. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, of course, and I hope that this podcast finds you safe, warm, and well-fed. In the next few minutes together, we're going to dive into the world of filler and fluff, and why you don't want your copy to be like an Amazon delivery box where they just go way overboard with the packaging. I received something today, and there was just so much cardboard and packing in with it, I felt really, really guilty about the environment, and it did spoil the enjoyment of the diesel engine that I just bought. Ba-bum-tsh. When you write copy, every word should pack a punch. So one of the things you need to do is make sure that your content is sharp. It is lean, specific, and also confident. Now, in the last couple of episodes, we've been looking at this. So in episode 23, I talked about not making the mistake of burying your value by talking about the things you might love, but customers couldn't care less about. And in episode 24, the last episode, we looked at how to create new copy angles from seemingly unimportant details. But today, it's more about being specific and avoiding copy that might sound like a good thing, but actually tells your customer nothing. Have you ever met someone who tells a story via the scenic route? Oh, I read something the other day, Amy, that I really wanted to tell you about. It was was fascinating. It was in a book that this guy recommended to me whilst I was at a dinner party. Uh, I'd met him once before. Funnily enough, it was actually at a dinner party of the same people uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, we were invited back for, for another gathering. And even though he was at this first one, we weren't sitting next to each other, so I never really got a chance to speak to him. But this time, we were sitting side by side, so obviously we started talking, and it was over the over the starter. Uh, I think it was like, like prawns or, or seafood. They they shipped them in from, uh, from somewhere. It was absolutely delicious, just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's a bit of a bugbear of mine because I just, I just want people to get to the point, get to the good stuff. I don't need all this extra detail in my life. And sometimes I get this feeling when I look at a company's marketing that there's just a lot of content there, there's a lot of detail there, but it's not really working hard to make that sale. It's not really telling me something as a customer that I really need to know. So in today's episode, I'm gonna share with you two common mistakes that people make which causes filler and fluff to creep into the copy. The first mistake is being too humble. I remember way, way back in the day sending out a survey to my audience to find out what copy challenge um, people were facing. And one of the most common ones was this fear around being too salesy. You know, no one wants to be pushy. But when I looked at the copy that they were writing, they were nowhere near pushy. You know, they were a bus ride away from being pushy. So a lot of people had this fear that their copy sounded like Sandy in the last scene in Greece with the tight leather pants and all attitude and hasted. But in actual fact, their copy was more like Sandy at the slumber party, just with its massive nighty on and, you know, wouldn't say boo to a goose. So what does being too humble look like when you're writing copy? Well, phrases like, you might like or you might be interested in, or why don't you check out, and then your product. These are quite tentative phrases in a call to action, and I don't think it does your product any justice. I don't think that you should be shy. And you might say, well, I don't wanna be forceful. I don't wanna be pushy and tell people what to do. And so what I recommend that you do is if you feel like that, I want you to shift your perspective a little bit. 
So instead of seeing this as asking someone almost like to do you a favor, you know, buy something, I want you to imagine instead that this is an invitation to try something that you know they are going to love because that's why you're writing to them. Don't be British about asking for something because it's a bit like saying, oh, hey, I'm having a little get together next week. Um, if you're not busy, if you've got nothing on, maybe you might be interested in in popping along, but no worries if you if you can't do it. Because if you do that, what's gonna happen is you'll find yourself sitting on your own, surrounded by uneaten breadsticks, undipped guacamole, and an unwrapped game of Monopoly, wishing terrible things on everyone that didn't show up to your party. You've gotta be excited and confident in your call to action because if you're not, then why are you bothering the poor people in the first place? One thing that can help you feel a little bit more com comfortable in being confident is by using if this, then that logic because I agree you know if you simply say buy my stuff you know you want to it's great you'll love it it could come across as being pushy but if you use if this then that logic it explains why you think people are going to love it and it softens the pushiness but while still sounding confident so you could use phrases that say you know if you want like need x then you will love should try check out why for example if you're a personal trainer who wants to grow their business into six figures without posting every day on social, you'll love my client acquisition system. Or if you want to avoid your medical filing being rejected because of new regulatory changes, and you need to attend this webinar. Or if you want to see how to increase the response of your advert by 20%, you should try more targeted marketing, here's how. So that's my first example of filler and fluff and how it creeps into your copy is just not being confident enough in the ask. The second type of filler and fluff and copy is those vague phrases that we tend to use. You know the ones, cutting edge, top class, seamless integration, first rate service, optimized processes. They're common, they're rife in marketing, and they tell you nothing about what a business has to offer customers. So you wanna know what freaking awesome can do for you? Well, we're a next generation branding company and we're gonna make your brand stand out. How? With a roadmap of awesome. You'll see here in phase one, that's where we focus on creating really epic content, compelling stuff that influences people, makes them see your brand differently. Okay, how? By taking it to that next level. What's that level? That's the epic level. Then in phase two, that's the acceleration phase. That's where we double down on our efforts in phase one and accelerate results with a focused and targeted approach. How, how specifically do you do that? Great questions, I love your mind, you are awesome. We do it by taking your current brand. Very simply, we make it bigger, brighter, better, bolder. And not only that, but we optimize from every perspective and that's, that's what makes us unique. We turn your brand up to 11. Oh, that's a good tagline, write that down. And this is why we call the company freaking awesome awesome with an O. Oh, is that why the logo says F-O? I thought it meant something else. So does that explain everything? Should we just set up the retainer? You ready to be freaking awesome? Can you just give me one specific example of something that you would do in phase one? That's where we'd optimize uh, visibility. How? By making more people see your brand? How? By publishing awesome content. But what, what like? Tweets. Like, we, we do five tweets a week. Now, I'm not criticizing anyone that calls themselves a leading company or best in class. I understand why it's done. We often use these words because we're familiar with them and 
quite often we're short on time and getting something out there is better than agonizing over it forever. You know, and these words, they sound kind of good and it does take a bit of extra effort to be specific. But sometimes we use them because we're afraid of being more specific. We feel like if we are too specific in describing what it is that we do, if we don't do the exact same thing for every single customer, then we'll somehow exclude people from our marketing. And so we can tend to pull back to this sort of higher level of writing copy and end up with something that's just a little bit more generic. And I see this more often than you might think. Companies want to stand out. They wanna say something different, but a lot of them are actually quite frightened to do it. You know, bold ideas get eroded for safer ones. And when it comes to copy, this can happen a lot. And that's why, unfortunately, there is a lot of mediocre copy out there. Amy, do you have the copy for the radio advert? I do, yep, um, here goes. When you visit Tom's Pizza Place, you'll receive a warm welcome as you're shown to your table, whether you want a quiet, cozy nook to eat in or prefer the lively ambience of our main dining area. Choose from a range of soup, salad, pizza and pasta with gluten-free and vegetarian options. And every Friday we have live music to help you start the weekend with a toe-tapping spring in your step. Book online now at tomspizzaplace.com. So, there you go. What do you think? It's good. Um, just a couple of notes. Uh, warm welcome, warm welcome. Yeah, I mean, most staff are friendly. But someone could have an off night. I just... I don't want people complaining, so scrap scrap that. It's too risky. And uh, yeah, we, we have some lovely quiet nooks and the main dining area, but look, we just can't guarantee every person is going to get the spot they want unless they book online. I just don't feel comfortable making that promise. People are going to turn up and complain. You know, if they expect a quiet nook, we can't give them a quiet nook, so quiet nook, gone, got it. Gluten-free, vegetarian, we provide those things. But is that going to put people off who like meat? I don't think we can list all our ingredients. The airtime is going to be too expensive for that. But I just don't know how to describe the type of food that we have without someone feeling excluded. So we're going to have to drop that. And the music. I mean, I see what you're doing, but that's going to open up a can of worms. What if we're let down by a band and people expect music? I just don't think... We can 100% stand by these promises, so don't mention the music. Okay. Okay. So, what do you have? Come to Tom's Pizza Place. Perfect. Nike built an empire on the back of a three-word slogan. I really think less is more. Come to Tom's Pizza Place. Yeah, sure. Why not? When you start smoothing off copy, because not everyone will do have want this thing in the way that you're describing it, it's a slippery slope into the greyness of sounding like everyone else. But here's the thing, if you give me a specific example, it doesn't necessarily make me feel excluded from the offer. In fact, it gives me a flavor of at least how you work so that I can picture it in my life and I can decide whether or not it's right for me. So here's a good way to avoid this type of gray filler and fluff copy. When you're looking at your copy, if you feel like you've got some of these vague promises in there, think in terms of actions. And I actually encourage you to try and act it out in your head as to what it means. That sounds like a mad exercise, but there's a lot of overlap between telling a good specific story just in general, as you would if you were, you know, creating a little film or a video and telling a good business story. 
So what do I mean when I say think in terms of actions and acting it out? Well, let's say you're an IT company and you help businesses move their data and applications to the cloud and you tell customers it's going to be a seamless integration. Maybe that's one of your big selling points is that you have this seamless integration. So what would that look like visually, vividly, in real life terms? If you were directing a film for your next blockbuster called Seamless Integration, it's going to win the Palm Door at the Cannes Film Festival. What would the trailer look like? What would people see? And one of the things that I always encourage people to do is to think in terms of what could someone perhaps do that they couldn't do before or what can they stop doing? So if we are with our IT manager, for example, who's going to experience this seamless inter in <laughs> seamless integration, what would the little film look like? Well, it might be that the IT manager doesn't have to arrange for overtime to supervise the migration to the cloud because that's what the company handles. So it means that they can go home on time or they can keep their costs low because they're not having to bring in extra support. It might mean that the people in the office can still send emails, use the phones, pull up customer records without any downtime, even while the migration is happening. And it might mean that they don't have to close the website down for maintenance so that they don't miss a single sale while this whole move is going on. If you can pull out these sort of details, these are the things that help your customer understand actually what it is that you do and also start to see the value of it because you know, you're painting a picture, you're giving them the trailer of your promise. And that is a more compelling story than simply saying, what we do is provide a seamless integration. And so that's what I want you to think about today. I want you to avoid these two common areas of filler and fluff in your copy. Make confident invitations. And when you're making a promise about a service, describe the actions. I mean, not to get all Miss Saigon on you, but see that movie in your mind and then share it with your customers. In each IT manager exists the soul of a warrior facing digital disruption, data encryption, and employees that cannot remember their password. Today, one man is chosen to guide his company through the dangerous territory of cloud migration, protecting his people against the dark forces of on-premise hardware. The odds are stacked against him as he faces the threat of downtime, service level agreement breaches, and Shadow IT. This is his story of seamless integration. 